Hello and welcome to Solid Steps Radio. I am Chad Russell. That is Kurt Souter of Furtherstone Ministries at furtherstoneministries.org. And we are a show called Solid Steps Radio. And we are a show for men, by men, talking about stuff from a man's perspective. Ladies, thanks for listening. We appreciate it. But we are also trying to reach the guys. Guys, we're really easy to talk about sports, weather, and politics. But the moment we start going down a little bit deeper, some guys tend to kind of gag reflex backwards and say, no, no, we want to lean in to some deeper topics uh, of not that we're deep people. <laughs> because we, we, we try to be. We deep. try to be. Uh, but we, we just try to address things that maybe you're not having regular conversations about here on Solid Steps. And sometimes that's five principles you need to cover to be a better owner of a business. Or sometimes, a lot of times, it's just what's the story that God is writing in a man's life? And we're going to talk a little bit today about that flip the script a little bit mostly i'm the guy who kind of punts the ball over to kurt two reasons today that i may be talking a little bit more than normal one uh is because kurt is coughing more than he should be coughing or wants to be coughing right so uh he's got a little voice issue which will uh address uh, that by try to minimize him having to talk much but also the second part of this is he is in a he's going to be part of the conversation today not necessarily interviewing but being interviewed we don't really call this an interview it's just a conversation amongst friends that happen to have microphones in front of us but we're going to talk today about a topic that most men may never experience in their life that is a bold statement but if you talk about how many men have a deep friendship the amount, of, the amount of men who can say that is is fewer than what we'd like like it to be. And so today we're going to talk about people get uh, there's all types of different types of uh, ways that God uses uh, different things to grow a man. He uses his word, he uses circumstances in life, but one thing he uses uh, is is other people and friendships. And today we're going to talk, to a group of guys that have been meeting for a total of 24 years as a group on a regular basis with intention. And uh, we're going to talk to those guys today in the room. So I'd like to welcome to the show Glenn Benarzik and Brad DeVries to the show. Guys, welcome. Thanks, Chad. Thank you, Chad. Thanks, you guys, for coming in. And uh, so let's get... It's great to be here, too. (laughs) (laughs) You too, Kurt. (laughs) So so let's talk a little bit about... um, Let's talk about 24 years ago. Glenn, I believe you're, you're one of the original founders of this group that we're talking about, right? Yeah, I came in about a year after. Okay. Mm-hmm. So 24 plus 24 years ago, what happened? Who okay. started it and who looked at each other and says, hey, we need to start getting together? So Murphy Belding uh, started it, and we were meeting in the library on Hikes Lane. And, you know, I stumbled in there. I've been a Christian for about a year and Brian Veal, who's one of the original members, memorized the whole first chapter of James. And I promise you, I couldn't find James. I was stumbling around. I, I had no business being. He didn't even know it was in the Bible. I had no idea. He's like, who's James? I grew up Catholic. And uh, so afterwards, um, you know, Murphy said, what do you think? And I said, you know, Murphy, to be honest with you, I, I've been attending this What We Believe on Sunday night with Bob Russell. And I think that's my speed. I said, I think... I need to just settle in there. And he said, absolutely not. And uh, he, he took me to Lifeway Christian, brought me a Bible, and uh, just loved on me. So that that's kind of where we started, and uh, it's been great. So, uh, Glenn, when, I mean, you had no clue what you were really getting into, though. That's right. I mean, um, w- was there some fear? 
Oh, it's terribly intimidating. You know, I had Mr. Small Groups who wrote books on small groups. You know, Murphy uh, leading this and some, you know, Brian Beal had been a Christian at the time for 35 years. And, you know, so, yeah. And, was, you, and you, you can't find the book of James. I couldn't you find need, James. I couldn't find James. And, and so, yeah, it was, it was intimidating. But, you know, one of the things that the Lord really uh, taught me as, uh, you know, as little as I knew about the Bible the body of Christ, when they come together, iron sharpens iron. So I was able to come alongside Brian and help him in his business from a human resource standpoint. So we'd go to lunch, and I was like, wow, look look how the Lord's working. You know, he's... You're, sure. you're helping him. I'm helping him, actually, and I was so intimidated by him. I was like, wow, this is, this is pretty cool how we could all help each other. And only God could do that. And then, um, and then fast forward uh, a few years... You invited Brad. No, Murphy did. Murphy invited Brad. Yeah. Brad, were you nervous? I, I didn't. I didn't know what I was. Um, <laughs> you know, I, I did not. I, I would love to say that I was looking for a group and had you know charted this journey with my family. You know, with great intentions of being. A, and that's not what it was. We were all eating lunch. Uh, the Beldings and the DeVrieses were having lunch one day after church uh, up in the old fellowship hall when, or in the fellowship hall back when we used to have a meal after you know. Um, after church and he comes up to me and asked me he said have you ever thought about being in a small group and uh, and it had crossed my mind but I really didn't know where to start and he said uh, I'd like to I'd like to invite you next week and that's where that's where it started he's the chief recruiter yeah absolutely and and then I mean uh Murphy really was a chief recruiter but then I mean you became a chief recruiter yes. yeah about about year um two in the group uh, Murphy back in the, that day when it was about a staff of Southeast under 25 people, if you could imagine. And he was in charge of the leadership conference. Every year we used to have pastors come in from all over the country. So he was really struggling, really stressed. And he said, hey, Glenn, would you lead this group? It took me to lunch. I said, well, I'd probably lead it, but I'd probably lead it a lot differently than you, uh, Mr. Small Group Guy, you know. And he said, well, what do you mean? I said, well, we have about nine guys in here, eight and nine. And I said, the attendance is so sporadic. And I said, if I'm going to bring up a marriage struggle, I don't want Tim to come in three weeks later and I'd have to bring him up to speed because it was hard enough for me to bring it up in the first place, you know, to have the courage. So he said, well, it's your, you know, you lead the way you want to lead. So the next week I said, hey, guys, you know, we all travel on business. We're all going to miss. That's, you know, I said, but staying up for the Laker game is not going to work. I said, we, you know, we, we got to get in here. We got to have pretty much mandatory attendance. Well, five out of nine dropped out. <laughs> I mean, literally. And it doesn't mean they were more or less spiritual than us. You know, it was just left was me, Dave Stewart, Brian Veal, and Murphy. So we're sitting there the very next week with half the group, and our prayer requests went from, hey, we're going to pray for our cousin out in California's dog that's a little sick to, you know, my... You know, my daughter is really struggling mm-hmm. with depression. Mm-hmm. You know, some some along those lines. You know, so we just went real deep, real quick. So, but you had to have the courage to say, "Hey, guys, we we need to be in here. Yeah, we need we, to we need in. to be all in." Yeah, um, Glenn, you talk about um, the importance when you're when you're meeting with some guys. There are some things that have to. Um, take place um, when it comes to some specific things that you kind of as a leader have lined up there's got to be a certain you, know, you, you don't change dates talk, talk yeah. about that a little bit just a lot of structure 
Um, you know, they say, I'm, you know, the lead, I'm more of a team mom. You know, you have to be, you have to have a lot of structure. Uh, you have to have like a set date that we meet. We meet every Thursday and we've been meeting every Thursday for 24 years. A set time. Oh, so, so you, you like, uh, like next week you're going to meet and like four guys got to, they got to miss. And they right. say, "Hey, can we let's, can we shift it to Wednesday?" Never. And you say, "Never." And never. I'll give you an example because we had Brian Veals, who's a doctor, schedule his patients out six months in advance. That shows the commitment that he had for attendance. So he, we didn't, we blocked it out. We meet at six thirty. Now, you know, Tony Young says that's the a suggestion. The, the roosters aren't even up then, dude. <laughs> <laughs> this guy'd have us there at five thirty, uh, you know, but it would be an empty table. <laughs> so, and then we meet at Tony Young's uh, office. So we have a set time, set place, and uh, set time, set, set place, set day, and then you, and then you, yeah, set date when you, when yeah. you guys, uh, you know, when you launched it, when Murphy launched it. You lock in and yeah, and it, and it's hard because like you know, man, man, challenge, you know, jumped in and you know that's on Thursday. We'd all like to attend that, right? You know, but we were locked in on Thursday, so you know we just didn't deviate. And that's what you see with a lot of groups. You know, over the years, I would see people in the atrium and say, "Hey, you still meeting?" And I'd say, "Well, you know, we were meeting at Denny's, then we started meeting at Perkins, and it just kind of fizzled out." And one of the things we've been is tried to be real consistent of. Just take the mystery out of it, because like, you know, when Brad wakes up at, you know, six fifteen, he, you know, some days he knows exactly where he's going. He just he runs. <laughs> Kidding. <laughs> Pretty close to the truth. <laughs> so, uh, in the final minute here of this segment, uh, I, I was curious to know, at what point did you start to hit in the groove, Glenn, of saying, okay, this has gone from. Um, this has gone from a formal accountability church group to a band of brothers. How long did that take to kind of start saying, hey, this is this has gone from not just that, but in becoming that? That's a great question. You know, we we talk a lot about accountability and it's really like four components of this group. There's Bible study, there's prayer, there's fellowship, and there's accountability. I remember years past we uh, tried to do these 10 questions of accountability, and the last one being, did you lie at, you know, number <laughs> and Murphy Belden said, I just love following Glenn. He makes me feel so righteous <laughs> after he confesses. <laughs> so we, we've tried a lot of things, and, and just the, the cumulative, that word cumulative is our key word, the cumulative value over the years. We call each other the board of directors for the game of life. And, you know, there's sometimes when we don't go through the Bible for six weeks. You know, I come in, I'm struggling with one of my kids or my marriage or someone else comes in. You know, we're going to focus on that. And, uh, you know, we're going to pray a lot. And uh, Well, you would say that you don't open the Bible, but you are quoting the Bible. The Bible is being sure. totally embraced. It's central. Yeah, yeah, totally. So we're going to take a break and come back in a few more segments. We're going to talk more about some practical aspects of, of a small group, but really some heart aspects of it. How have these guys uh, been challenged and transformed through this group of friendship, uh, through these groups of friends, through friendship that God has brought together? So we're going to take a break. We'll be back shortly on Solid Steps Radio. Welcome back to Solid Steps Radio. Chad Russell, Kurt Souter. We are here with our two friends, Lynn Benarzik and Brad DeVries, and we're talking about small group 
life and having life with friends. And uh, boy, you want to have a friend in your corner financially, LNN Credit Union. They are a local lender, been around for decades. They will help you with personal checking, business checking, you name it, LNN Credit Union, car loans. I got a car loan through them recently, and it was a great process, and they are great to work with. So LNN Credit Union, and also Vision First Eye Care. Do you know they have 11 different cities that Vision First is in, in Kentucky and Indiana, and six in the Louisville local, Louisville local <laughs> area. <laughs> Vision First, they're putting up new ones all over the, the place. They are a wonderful organization. They see you as a person, not just a set of eyeballs. So Vision First Eye Care and LNN Credit Union, who have been sponsors of our show. If you're just joining us, the last segment, we were talking with Glenn and Brad about a group, a small group of guys that started 24 years ago. And uh, 24 years ago, the term small group started entering into the vocabulary of church world. What does that mean to have a small group? You need to be in a small group. Well, they didn't even know what that meant. A lot of guys got together. And 24 years later, these guys have been meeting. And a lot of life has happened. And we were talking on the break, Kurt, that uh, the goal of small group is not the Christian checklist. I went to church one hour. I read my Bible for 30 minutes. And I did my small group. Check, check, check. The goal really is to be transformed and uh you had talked a few how does that happen in a small group setting the couple items you had mentioned how does that happen well again think think back what jesus did jesus had a small group Hmm. Uh, jesus had 12 right and even one of those was Hmm. a lame duck big time but jesus surrounded himself and in fact when he goes to the garden of gethsemane right before the cross I mean, he, he surrounds himself with his closest friends. He needed friendship. He needed these, these guys that cared for him, even though they abandoned him and were scared and for their life and fled. Um, and so he, he's our model. He's our example. And so, um, Glenn, you, we were talking uh, before the show about some ingredients to make uh, you know what 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 makes transformation happen in the life of a, a group of guys talk 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 with this and, well, and Brad jump in too yeah we talked about time uh, trust vulnerability um, and honesty you know what I mean time the cumulative word that's our favorite word you know something happens when you spend a long period of time together so so in your, what you're saying is uh, you, you, you're going to meet for the first three weeks. Uh, well, you, okay, that's great, but you need more than three weeks. Yeah, and I think that's where I think the church has really missed it. You know, they back in the 90s when we put together, you know, throughout the country, they were putting together accountability groups. I remember we, we tried that before you were hired. It was a disaster. We had Bob Russell with an intern. <laughs> I mean, it was, you know, just incredible. So, you know, you, you just have to spend a lot of time together. And with time comes trust and you have to be vulnerable you know i remember you know brad sharing if you would in in a small group experience that you had prior to coming here you know it was kind of shallow no it's fair i mean i remember when as i told you earlier i wasn't i wasn't necessarily looking it was crossing my mind and you know uh, murphy did a little shoulder tap and and i came into the group and i come in thinking well you know they need an extra person and so i'm thinking you know i'm going to get the red carpet treatment i walk in and i mean these guys about half have their fingers in my chest like you know reminding me that you know what we discuss here is confidential we are here to encourage each other we are here to um, sharpen each other we are here to grow each other this is not an in and out kind of 
thing, and I'm thinking, and Murphy's got his arms folded, kind of like, you know, he, he'd set me up for it, and I'd get beat up. But I saw the power of the time that these guys had spent together for now, years before me. Now, when that, when that, when you first walked in, yeah, Brad, yeah. I mean, were you thinking like, do I really want to do this? Yeah. I mean, at first, I'm thinking it's really early. That was back when we met at six. <laughs> These guys are, you know, already telling me how this thing's going to work. And I didn't really, you know, it wasn't one like, I, you know, one like they were paying me to. So, you know. But what I saw over time was that these guys had built, these guys had built five years of five and a half years, whatever it was of trust and of confidence in one another. They had built a love for one another. They'd gone through, they'd plowed some really difficult ground. And it wasn't until years after that, that I started to realize the power of that, um, the intimacy of that, if you will, you know, guys, traditionally guys, we, you know, we, we may have a lot of friends and know a lot of people, but we're really typically not close with anyone. And these guys were really close. I mean, they were really close. How how long did it take you to become to become vulnerable? Yeah. To begin to share. It's a great question. Some struggles. Yeah, I, I don't know that I can come up with a date on that. But what I do remember was that there was a season of transformation where I'm hearing all these guys talking about all their issues, and I'm not sharing anything. Right? I'm listening to all their issues, and at some level, I'm thinking, man, these guys are a mess. Right? And but it wasn't until over time that you start to build the trust that, and, and you start doing a little bit more, you know, a deeper evaluation of yourself that you realize, wow, many of the things that these guys have talked about, I've struggled with as well. I just haven't been bold enough or confident enough, uh, or maybe just way too prideful to share them myself. And, and, and over time that trust is built, that confidence is built, that love is developed and you begin to recognize the power, the, the healing process that you can go through by sharing this with other brothers who love you. You didn't jump, you know, just jump in the deep end immediately. You stuck your toe in, probably. Yeah, I had. Yeah, I had. I had floaties on, and you know, I was hanging onto the edge, and uh, yeah, snorkel. It, yeah. It was. You know, you had said. I don't know if you caught yourself. You said it was years before you saw the power of it. Yeah. I mean, it, when you mentioned Glenn, that it takes time. We're in an instant society. I want my coffee in thirty seconds. I want my food in the drive-through in, in a few minutes. You can't develop depth quickly. Right. Yeah, that's that's fair. And that's where the accountability piece gets missed throughout, because people want to be in a group and be accountable. Well, that sounds nice. That's good to work out and, you know, in a gym and do that. But accountability. Let, let me give you an example of the cumulative value of time and trust. You know, we're going through the I said the 10 checklist and, you know, for accountability, kind of like sin management, quite frankly. But. There was one time when, you know, Brad came, mentioned in the group, he said, Glenn, you got a couple of businesses, small kids, a wife that doesn't work. You know, do you have your house in order? You know, when Brad says that, you know, some Marine that's laser focused, I'm like, oh, what did he catch me at? You know, <laughs> I'm in trouble. So he said, no, I'm talking about a will, living will, power. To, you know, if, if you go down the plane, what happens? And I just said, you know, I appreciate that. that that's really good stuff, man. That's iron shop, and I appreciate that. So I basically blew him off. So about two months later, he mentions it again. He said, have you ever followed up with that attorney? I went, I really, I love you, man. I love you enough that you care enough to, to uh, sh you know, follow up with me. But you didn't do jack squat. I didn't do anything. So about <laughs> about a month later, as only Brad would do, you know, he he pointed, you know, he got me in the hallway and he said, hey, did you follow up with that thing? And I went to say, I really love you so much for following up. And he just 
gently grab my chin and said, why don't you do it today? And, you know, the Bible says in Galatians 6, 1, when someone's in sin, you who are spiritual, restore gently. And it was the most gentle, I could tell you, it was very gentle. That day I went, spent a lot of money on getting my house in order. <laughs> and, uh, you know, some people say that's, you know, that's kind of in your shorts, accountability. But what they don't see is the cumulative value of all those years of mm-hmm. us being in each other's living room, him encouraging me about, I love what you're doing with your kids, and all those deposits. Well, really, it was the friendship that bled over to that accountability. Yes. And so that's accountability from a natural standpoint, yeah. opposed of you know, 10 questions and stuff like that. There's uh, nothing wrong with 10 questions, but... No. There needs to be. That was live, though. That was live, and and I needed it. It was a, it was a really good um, rebuke, you know. Like he saw a blind spot, though. Like he saw a blind spot over the years, where I didn't have, you know. So that you don't get that in ninety days. And for whatever it's worth, we could give fifty other examples of very similar situations back and forth but from him to me, from from me to someone else, someone else to me. You know, it was there's been so many of those again based on that deep trust. And it's not just two guys holding each other accountable over a cup of coffee at McDonald's and you get into this little it's it's a group of brothers. It's a group of brothers that stuck stuck really close together that have the freedom and the wisdom and um, and the and the and the confidence to be able to approach people when they're when there's a blind spot. It's good. And we all, we've all got blind spots, every yeah. one of us. Yeah. And, and it reminds me, the fact is, Brad did that because he loves you. It is really easy to look at someone and say, how could you, hit, why are you pressing me on this? Why, why are you keep beating this? Because I love you. And it reminded me, I looked it up here, Proverbs 27, 6, mm. wounds from a friend can be mm. trusted, but an enemy multiplies kisses. Mm. Listen. You can meet somebody in an atrium and tell them all kinds of great, how great they are over and over and over Mm -hmm. again. But somebody who really loves you will put a finger in your chest gently Mm -hmm. (laughs) and say, I love you too much to not say something. Mm -hmm. That's a great example. uh, And the recipient knows that you love them and therefore it's easier to receive. Because you all spend a lot of time together, right? Yeah, the problem is Brad Sashar, I don't even like hanging out with the guy because he's just just (laughs) nailed you. (laughs) Uh, So I'll tell you what, we're going to take a break and come back in the next two segments. We're going to talk more about some of the challenges, though, about what we the dynamics of this many people together because you get this many personalities in one room together there can be some some challenges so we're going to talk about those challenges but also we're going to talk about uh, some of the transformational aspects of it and also at the fourth segment we're going to talk about some of the actual practical aspects of of the structure of this small group so if you're sitting there saying boy i'd like to do that we're going to have some guys who've been doing it for 24 years walk us through a meeting and what that looks like so we're going to take a break we'll be back shortly on solid steps radio Welcome back to Solid Steps Radio. Chad Russell and Kurt Souter. We are here with Brad DeVries and Glenn Benarzik, and we're talking about small group and how what that looks like in the life of men and, and coming together. And uh, if you have a problem with your septic tank, you got a problem, your group's not going to come to your house if you got septic issues. <laughs> so you need to call Frank Enterprises. Professional septic tank cleaning, landscape drainage, and, and, and setting up if you got landscape water, waste water problems. 
that's what Frank Enterprises does. So if you have any kind of water outside your house that's not going where it's supposed to go, hmm. from a septic tank all the way down to your landscaping, Frank Enterprises takes care of that. Uh, since 1997, these guys have been at it. And also Bright Star Home Care, brightstarcare.com. If you have a loved one who you know you're going to have to have some help with, whether it's one day a week or 24-7 care, Bright Star Home Care helps people walk through that season of life with you, brightstarcare.com. And in the last couple of segments, we've been talking about the the importance of small group and friendships, really, and, and the difference between accountability groups and friendship groups that actually have accountability. And, and Glenn gave a great example where Brad lovingly told him multiple times, we need, you need to do something and, uh, and you need to do it now because I love you. And, and that's what uh, friends do to one another. And so if you want to catch those segments and the rest of this in its entirety, go to uh, Facebook.com, uh, SoundCloud, iTunes, wherever you listen to podcasts, and just type in Solid Steps Radio, subscribe, like, and then you can hear those podcasts in their entirety thanks to our great sponsors. So uh, during the break, we were talking about uh, what goes on in the small group, what goes on in some of the life issues that come up. And Brad, you were just rattling off some of the things in 24 years that this group has encountered. Hmm. Just kind of unpack a little bit about that. Well, you know, um, Chad, first of all, Proverbs 16, 9 tells us that, you know, humans plan their course, but God establishes the steps, right? And so I think all of us, 24 years ago when Glenn started or 18 and plus years ago when I started, we all had these visions for what our future was going to look like. And we all had these plans and they were exciting and everybody's all pumped about them. But over that 24, you know, 18 to 24 years, uh, wow, we have seen, we've seen, I, th- I mean, I think we've seen close to everything. We have seen cancer multiple times. We have seen wayward children. We have seen divorce in family members. We have seen job loss. We have seen um, deception in partnerships, uh, business partnerships. We've seen marriages that struggle. We've seen death of, of spouses. Uh, and I know I'm missing some of it, Glenn, that there's just been so much. And all I can tell you is that, you know, all of us have friends who are uh, who who um, do not profess Jesus Christ to be their Lord and Savior, who, in my opinion, walk alone, uh, even though they don't know it. And, and I think I see these people struggle with these issues and they go through troubles like we've experienced. And it is dark. It is hopeless. It is it is it is so difficult. And all I can tell you is that. Uh, I've experienced personally a few of those that I named. Uh, I've experienced personally with my brothers all of those that I've named. And I cannot imagine walking through the pain that the people around that table have walked through alone. I cannot imagine the lack of support. I cannot imagine the lack of understanding, the lack of encouragement, the lack of, of timely prayer, the lack of timely counsel, the lack of time. I mean, it's been, it's been a remarkable journey. And, and, and quite frankly... It, it gives me hope that if one more of those things happens to be in my future, uh, not that it's not going to be hard, not that it's not going to be painful, not that it's not going to be full of tears and regret and, you know, whatever it might be, but but that I, I believe we will get through it. And I've seen other godly men walk through it, and I've seen other godly men encourage and hold up those those men while they were walking through it. And it gives me hope. It gives me hope. I um it's, it's the one, if I were to point to one thing that I would long for for all the men, it would be to be able to have that safe place and that group of men to hold them up and to, you know, to hold their arms up in the midst of that battle um, and to be able to get through it to the other end. Hmm. 
Because affliction is coming. It's mm. coming. Trials are coming. Yes, sir. Pain and suffering is coming. I, I can't imagine um, just personally what I've gone through That's in losing right. a spouse yeah. and and not having you guys. I, you know, I've, I've done group life with a lot of different men, and I've got a lot of close friends. But, Glenn, you approached me mm. right after Kristen died. Mm. And you weren't ready at the time. You know, I said, let's give it a couple months, and we're going to break, you know, for the summer. And I said, let's pray about it, and maybe Labor Day come in. And you were limping. Uh, yeah. You were limping. Yeah, yeah limping. Uh, yeah. <laughs> um, both legs were gone, man. <laughs> I wasn't even walking. But um, it's it's the I, I can't imagine somebody going through life, uh, losing a spouse or all the things that you just mentioned, Brad, and and not having another guy to come alongside and 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 you know or at least a couple guys to to encourage you, to pray with you, to lift you up. And to to be there to listen to all the the difficulties and all the pain, and I know you guys. I, I'm sure you, at times I'd come in, you know, and just kind of vomit all over you about mm. grief and sorrow and um, you know crying and at times cussing and probably you know uh, I'm not proud of all that, but you know just so so hard. And um, Glenn, let me ask you a question. When you're leading a group like this, and all of a sudden somebody comes in and they're they're being as vulnerable as they can be, mm-hmm. how do you manage that in a group? When I say manage, I want to use that word very carefully. We're not talking about an organization well, you, here, but yeah, you smile, yeah. you smile because it makes it easier for me to share personally, right, and for everyone else. Yeah, because the problem with groups is they're very guarded and they're not as vulnerable, and. You know, I want to step back a little bit. We've created a real safe, warm environment, you know, with the confidentiality. It's just safe to share. You don't feel like you're getting judged. I would add on to what you said. Jesus modeled it for us, right? You know, he he had 12. You know, we have eight or nine. But also, Jesus had his Peter, James, and Johns. And there are times when you may have a sensitive situation that it may just be, hey, let's go to the mountain and pray with, with a couple of three guys to really because sometimes you know at at that season you might not want nine opinions you know about something but um you know someone said you need everyone needs a paul everyone needs a timothy and we everybody needs a barnabas and i would say that in church we really have done a good job of you know being pretty humble and saying hey i want to go reach out to a guy 15, 20 years older than me that's kind of worn a shirt and been around the block, get some wisdom. And I think we've done, and we've done, we've really focused on this Operation Timothy thing. I'm gonna go get a young guy and just pour into him. And I think that's valued. And I'm mentoring a guy that's reached out to me. Um, he's about 24 years old. He's really, really sharp. He goes to the Crestwood campus and we golf you know, a couple times a month. And he's asked me to just kind of walk alongside with him. And he asks a lot about this group. And I just kind of, over lunch, I said, you know, I will walk with you for another 20 years. And, and I'm learning from you. I, I never leave the golf course without learning a couple things. But I said, you need some Barnabases. You need a couple, three guys to come alongside and just do life with. 
And for yeah. somebody who's just listening and made it, like, what is, who are those three guys? Yeah. The Paul, Timothy, Barnabas model is this. Paul is the guy who said, hey, I need you to tell me, you're older than me, mentor me. You're my, my spiritual grandfather or, or dad, if you will. So that's the person who's mentoring. The Timothy is the person who you're mentoring. You're the, they're younger than you in the faith or maybe even age-wise, and you're saying, hey, uh, they want you to help them because you've got more experience than they do. And the Barnabas is really the peer. It's the shoulder-to-shoulder guy who says, hey, I'm not mentoring you. You're not mentoring me. We're mentoring one another through friendships. Is that a pretty safe definition yeah, of those three? It's good. And, and the verse that comes, you know, Solomon was the wisest man who ever lived, and he said two are better than one mm-hmm. because of their return for their work. He said, but pity a man who when he falls has no one to help him up. And guys, everyone listen, we're all going to fall. Whether it's career, whether it's something, there's going to be a setback. The Bible says suffering is inevitable, right? And we're all going to fall. So pity the man. I, I praise God that I have guys to come, my Peter, James, and Johns to come alongside me, you know, when life falls apart. You know, I, I was with um, a guy that's a little seasoned. He's about 75 years old, really mature guy. And I was explaining our group just about the, the cycles of we're all in the, the valley. You know, we're all in the top. Promotions, kids scoring touchdowns, everything's great, right? Bonuses, and then we all come down and we're in a valley. You know, we may have a daughter on drugs, whatever the case is. And he said, you know, that's a lot like life. That's life right there. And none of us think, you know, did you think 12-12, right? You know, you never thought would happen, mm-hmm. you know, so. Yeah. So the, in the next segment, we're going to talk some real specifics. Like, okay, we're going to talk about what an actual group looks like, the meaning of it for those who are listening. Uh, and again, we, we can't say this enough. We are not talking about you having more things to add to your schedule of, of liabilities and things you're expected to do in the Christian faith. If you're walking with God, you must do it with other people. You are not meant to do it alone. So the next segment, we're going to talk a little bit more about, okay, if you're listening, I want to do this. I've got a group of guys. How do you get it started? What are some of the specifics of how the meeting goes, how the time together goes, and how that transforms even outside the meeting? Because i got to think that there's a lot of this has happened not just between on Thursdays between 6.30 and, and 8 a.m., that a lot of things happen outside of that time frame with you all as a group and friendship. So we're going to take a break, come back for a fourth and final segment and unpack that here on Solid Steps Radio. Welcome back to our fourth and final segment today. As usually, it's gone too quickly. Go to Facebook, SoundCloud, iTunes, and type in Solid Steps Radio to hear the show in its entirety. And uh, we want to thank our sponsors of our show. We want to thank... Uh, Dan Hart Financial. Uh, Dan Hart, if you want to get your finances in order and you say, okay, what does it look like to be wise with my money uh, over the long haul? Dan Hart Financial would love to sit down and look at your portfolio and see how he can help you do that. Also, southernsmokecatering.com. Southern Smoke Catering is a catering-only barbecue joint that I'm telling you, Chris Hadley and his crew makes as good as you can get as far as beef brisket. I saw he came in like... In top 20 mm-hmm. in, a, in, a, mm-hmm. in this past week. I'm like, how could anybody be 20 better than you? Spots, because the, the great food, uh, southernsmokecatering.com. And also Southeast Outlook. We want to thank the Outlook. They are a sponsor of our show. The Outlook is a publication in Louisville that basically talks about what is God doing in our, uh, our city, 
our state, our nation, and around the world. So Southeast Outlook, thank them as well for sponsoring our show. So we've been talking the last three segments about uh, how the, the dynamics of a small group, and not just a small group, meaning check off the list of things to do, but friendships, deep friendships. And we were talking on the break about how the dynamic of having a group of five, six, eight people coming together adds a whole different dimension to depth and friendship than just a one-on-one. Brad, you were talking about that in the break. Talk a little bit more about that. Well, I just remember when I first ran into the concept of accountability, I ended up in a one-on-one accountability uh, setting relationship with an individual. And not that it was bad, but, you know, if I was struggling in a certain area and I would look and I would, and, and he would, he would tell me, no, he wasn't. And then I would be struggling in another area and he said, no, he wasn't. And, you know, at some point in time, I realized there's no empathy here. There's no true understanding where he, he didn't even know where to challenge me in these areas. And, uh, I can tell you growing, going into a group of five to nine people, uh, I might, I might over, over a season of time struggle in five, six, seven different areas or run into five, six, seven challenges, deep challenges in my life. And in that group, during those different seasons, there will be an individual who is just right to pour into me. There will be somebody in that group who will be just right to receive great counsel from somebody in that room who has experienced what I'm going through, uh, has conquered it uh, with God's help, uh, has made it to the other side, and they're exactly who I need to talk to. Or there could be an area that I don't see that I'm struggling in. And in that room, there'll be somebody across the room who will see that and will recognize it and who will gently pull me aside and encourage me in that. So there's just power in a multitude of counselors, Mm -hmm. you know, in one room. Glenn, when you when you jumped into this group and you took the leadership, mm-hmm. talk to us about uh, and and Brad, you mentioned the the flexibility of this group. There's a couple things that are not flexible. Sure, sure. What what are those couple things? Well, confidentiality is you know what very, stays here. Yeah. What, what says what, what we talk about in here stays here. Yeah. And 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 what else? You know, confidentiality, um, commitment. You know, I I can remember, um, Glenn will probably remember this. There was a season when I was just personally a little overwhelmed and a little overcommitted. And I decided that the one area where I could cheat was was with our group. And so my attendance became a little sporadic. And um, and I was gently pulled aside by Glenn and encouraged that uh, uh, they that they needed my commitment, that I needed the commitment, that it wasn't fair to the group. And he did it in such a loving and convicting way that, you know, my attendance increased dramatically <laughs> after that meeting. But it was powerful. So those are the two things that are really powerful um, that are that are non-negotiable. But I know that over the se- over the years, if I may, you yeah. know, over the years, um, you know, we will come in and we will do a book of the Bible or we will. We'll do a study that is very timely based on something that's going on in, in a few of our lives. Uh, we will we will um, do a video format. Uh, there have been two different times that I remember that we pulled out and, um, you know, the group agreed to go through every man's every man's battle, you know, the fight for sexual purity in terms of especially your thought life. And we broke away and went to the location that that was being that that was being taught. And we went through the entire uh, the entire program together. There was another at our church. Uh, where most of us were attending, we went through and uh, decided to be a part of the men's ministry for a season, six to eight weeks. I don't remember how long it was when they launched a new program. We went as a group and we did it. And it was fun. You know, it was unique. Um, it got us out of the box a little bit, but we always continued to come back to, to our foundation of meeting regularly together. Yeah. <clears throat> well, let me ask you this. 
you've got these pe- folks coming together to meet and what is why do groups not make it what is your mm-hmm. thoughts on why a group <laughs> may come yeah it's a, there's a lot of reasons one of the things i think we've done a really good job is we take breaks uh, the appropriate breaks um, we break for christmas for about about a month and we break in the summer around mid-june to, to mid-august and you know when you're meeting weekly it's a sprint it's an absolute sprint, you know, to get up 5.30, to get there at 6.30. Um, the other thing we did is we, we've really, there's, like I said, four components of a group, prayer, fellowship, Bible study, and accountability. And what we've done is we've taken the first 20 minutes to just have fellowship. So we meet at 6.30, and a lot of groups say, I'm going to meet from 7 to 8. Well, half of them have to go downtown to work, right? So invariable, someone's coming at 5 after, a couple coming at 10 too. And, and it's just so they open up the meeting, apologize. Hey, I'm sorry I'm late. And we just didn't, you know, we said, hey, if you come at quarter to 7, you're not late. Don't apologize. You know, and we joke about Tony Young. He said, 6.30, I thought that was a suggestion. <laughs> <laughs> you know, um, Confidentiality. So. Come on. <laughs> <laughs> you mentioned and, his name. Yeah. <laughs> so anyway, um, but yeah. Then, so from 6.30 to 7 yes. is, is pretty much just fellowship time, have a cup of coffee, kind of catch up just relationally. And then what happens at 7? Then we, we get into some sort of study, whether it's, like Brad said, whether it's video, the Bible, and then we'll go to about 7.30-ish, quarter to 8, and then we'll, we'll get into prayer requests or, you know. But some people may, you know, we may say if, you know, at 5 to 7, hey, uh, I, have a, I have a big prayer request, you know. And, you know, the video goes out the window, yeah. you know, and, and we'll spend, you know, 65 minutes just, you know, on, a, on an issue. So. so this is not curriculum driven. This is relational driven. Absolutely. So we, if somebody says, hey, I've got a major elephant in the room of my life, the the study gets pushed to the side so we can hear about yeah, this hard Relational and situational, yeah. right? Yeah, yeah. and I, mm-hmm. I think that's been the special part of the group. There's never been a rigid, you know, so we have to get this verse memorized, you know. Um, so... It's blessed of flexibility. We are flexible as all get out. And and that has really allowed the group to really be healthy. That's right. Because if it's 5 to 7 and we're going through the book of James and I really have a struggle, I may, you know, it makes it easy for me to say, hey, guys, hold up, you know. Yeah, Brad, you were going to say something. Well, you know, and here's the thing that Glenn will never say on the air, and he won't say it to you personally, but uh, but it's really important that everybody knows. Um, I believe that one of the most critical key components of this of a group like this having success for five years, 10 years, 15 years, 24 years is having someone who is passionate about about leading this group. They don't have to be the biblical scholar in the group. He's already confessed that there was at least one individual in that group and two or three, at least two in that group that were, you know, biblically were much better healed. You know, they had spent a lot more time in God's word. Um, Glenn had a true passion for pulling this group of people together and consistently meeting and going deep and being committed to one another and growing in their knowledge and love for Jesus Christ. Right. And, and all I will tell you is his consistent 
consistency, his persistency, persistence, his passion, his grit, his 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 love for everybody in that group and his complete commitment is one of the biggest reasons that this group has stayed where this group is. He has constantly watching and constantly aware it's not just a check in the box. He's not flying in at the last minute. He's always the first one there. And again, I, I, I would I would say in that group of people, there's uh, there's some there's some sharp leaders. There's mm-hmm. some very gifted individuals. There are some uh, biblically. I will tell you over the last 18 and a half years, I don't think there's anybody stronger or more passionate about God's word uh, that, than there is Glenn Benarzik today. But that was a process. He didn't he didn't need that up front. Um, so I would just ch- I would charge or challenge men who have a heart for other men who want to grow and want to bless the those men's the, the, their families, their marriages, their personal lives, uh, that if you feel God calling you to that, jump up and do it because it's a critical piece. And we are all really grateful to Glenn for for the role he's played in the last 24 years. Yeah, that's very true. Unbelievable. No, ma- no matter how no matter who's in a group. There has to be one person in this in this specific yes. that has to be leading it. Yes, and it doesn't even have to be the leader of men out in the business world, or, but in that world, in that moment of that group, there's got to be one guy who's got to be the point man for that group. Yeah, I think it comes down to who who cares the most, and I probably would say. You know, I'm not the sharpest leader in that group by a far margin, but I may have cared a little bit more than a lot else. yeah just just really cared to keep it together to keep fighting um and, and there's also the plurality if you will you know similar to to the 12 there's the plurality I, I don't think anybody in that room sits and waits for glenn to make every single decision or feels like he's in charge but it's his voice and it's his giftedness and it's his passion and his heart that continues keep that continues to keep us going down the right track right that's good stuff well i'd like to take another whole segment but unfortunately we're out of time and, and i tell you um uh, these guys, if you if you have more questions about this, you know, reach out to us via Facebook and, and just type a message, and we can get you in contact with Glenn and say, hey, if if, if you want to hear more about what does it take to have a successful group, reach out and do that. So, uh, Brad, would you mind praying for mm-hmm. anybody who's listening who who needs to, I'd love to need this kind of relationship in their life? Father God, thanks for today. Thanks for the opportunity to be able to talk about you, to be able to dive deeper into a relationship with you, to better understand tools, methods, um, ways that men could uh, grow in you, could grow as leaders of their families, grow as leaders in their marriages. Uh, God, I thank you for that. Lord, I pray for the men who are listening out there today, the men who need to be convicted, the men who have uh, a little voice in their, in, their, in their mind telling them that they need to get there. Uh, God, I pray that they would be bold and that they would step out and that they would find other men to gather with. It's in Jesus' name we pray. Mm-hmm. Amen. 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 Thank you, Brad. You know, in John 15, Jesus, after three and a half years with them, looked at them and says, I now call you friends. Uh, it took three years and all they were nasty guys too. <laughs> they, they had a lot. He knew everything about them, but he still called them friends. <laughs> Who do you call friend? Who calls you friend? Uh, we just pray that you will find a group or a guy who you can do that with and go share life with because we believe that through Jesus Christ, you can your life can be transformed with and through other people. So thank you for listening and uh, uh, pass this along to anybody else who needs to listen to hear this message on Solid Steps Radio. With